Hi, my name is Bronwyn Finney. I'm one of the third-year residents at the University of Cincinnati, um, and I'm here today to discuss a journal article, IV metoprolol versus diltiazem for atrial fibrillation with concomitant heart failure. I picked this article because it's a, a topic I think that comes up on shift from from uh, nearly every single shift. Um, there's a you know we have a pretty sick patient population here in Cincinnati. Um, there's a lot of times that AFib is not always the driving diagnosis. Um, pesky heart failure always seems to get in the way of our treatment options. So is there really any good data to drive our decision making? In general, also AFib affects over half a million new people annually, um, and then uh, you know the subset that develop RVR are rate over a hundred. Um, if it's untreated, it increases risk for heart attack, stroke, clot formation, and heart failure as well. Also, when you have heart failure in addition to AFib, it uh, complicates your treatment and increases the odds of mortality up to 57% compared to heart failure alone. Uh, based on the AHA guidelines from 2019, they currently recommend limiting the use of non-dihydropyridine uh, calcium channel blockers due to potential for negative inotropic effects, which has uh, limited our ability to treat these patients in the past. Uh, many, many, many studies have tried to look into this, um, but right now we have very limited data on outcome differences, hence the uh, look into this study. So this study was a retrospective IRB-approved um, uh, protocol that looked at patients that were over 18 years old. They must have had a documented heart failure, um, either heart failure pre preserved ejection fraction or reduced, and they needed an echo within the previous 12 months or within the first 24 hours of admission. These patients needed to present with AFib with RVR with a heart rate greater than 120. Notably, they did exclude um, patients that were acutely ill with a heart failure exacerbation on admission, those that had received other agents prior to first being treated, or within the first 30 minutes after the study drug was given. Um, and their primary outcome that they were studying was successful heart rate control, deemed to be less than 110 beats per minute within 30 minutes. And then there were plenty of secondary outcomes, including how successful their control was at 60 minutes, heart rate control at ED transfer or discharge, and kind of percent change in um, heart rate control as well how much of the medication or the total dose doses given, whether additional agents were used, um, things like fluids, cardioversion, crossover, kind of so on and so forth. They also evaluated quite a few safety outcomes, uh, many of the things we think about and worry about with these medications. Uh, some include bradycardia, less than 60 per minute, hypotension within six hours of treatment, uh, shortness of breath report from the patient or oxygen requirement in the first 24 hours, hypotension that was clinically significant requiring vasopressors within 24 hours, um, a change in heart failure on a subsequent echocardiogram, which is kind of the feared complication, um, AKI, and then additionally the need for um, renal replacement therapy. So this initial study, again, was retrospective. They looked at 2,500 um, 2, patients, and they were able to include 193 after all of the exclusions. Um, there was a big difference in the um, relative size and proportion of the two groups. So there were only 59 in the metoprolol group and 134 in the diltiazem group. Overall, the groups were matched pretty well. Average age was in the high 70s. Um, there were about 63% were female and 80% um, were um, white. And then notably, most of these patients that um, did have heart failure with reserved ejection fraction, which was 64%, um, and the average EF was 48%. So um, a lot more of the diastolic dysfunction, less of our kind of classic HEFREF population. Um, overall, they found, we'll just get to the kicker, um, that successful rate control at 30 minutes was not significantly different between the groups. They had 55% in the DILT group and 41% in the metoprolol group with a p-value um, of 0.06. They did find um, some secondary information that DILT was generally faster, um, 13 minutes um, 
uh, versus metoprolol um, at 26 with a significant p-value. DILT also had a greater reduction in heart rate at 30 minutes and 60 minutes and more frequently um, had a higher uh, rate of reduction greater than 20 percent uh, noted at the 30 and 60 minute outcomes. Overall, they um, notice a greater absolute heart rate reduction, which is pretty similar with the previously mentioned uh, outcomes I just stated, as well as a similar length of stay and overall not really any difference in safety outcomes. They did do a subgroup analysis to look at both the HEF-PEF and the HEF-REF patients to, um, you know, kind of parse out as whether one or more of our, you know, the different types of heart failure lead to different uh, abilities or success with this medication. Um, they did find that those with the preserved ejection fraction had more frequent rate control with DILT at 30 minutes um, with 56% versus just 36% with metoprolol. Um, that was clinically significant with a p-value of 0.037. Um, in general, they had um, you know, higher heart rate as seen before. However, um, they did note a very, um, a clinically significant higher frequency of hypotension in the diltiazem group with 28% um, versus just 7% in the metoprolol group, um, which is a p-value of 0.005. So overall, you know, something to be wary of. While it seems that diltiazem did seem to have a greater effect on the heart rate, it wasn't without significant cost of hypotension. Um, and that's kind of one of our, you know, fears to be aware of as well. When looking at HEF-REF, um, on the other flip side of things, they in they had similar rates of heart rate control um, at 30 minutes. Um, in general, very similar to the previous results with that time is shorter with diltiazem and no difference in safety. Um, on the re in evaluating the echo that was performed inpatient, um, they found that there were trend towards improvement in EF with the metoprolol group that was clinically significant versus those in the diltiazem group. Again, kind of relating back to what I spoke about in the beginning, um, that we get afraid of using uh, the non-hydroperidine uh, calcium channel blockers in those with um, lower EFs. So overall, um, to kind of conclude and discuss some of the main points here, um, there was clinically significant no difference um, in the rate control at 30 minutes between DILT and metoprolol for the average patient that has either HEF-PEF or HEF-REF. Other interesting kind of side tidbits, um, those that received metoprolol were more likely to cross over to DILT, um, whether this was insufficient heart rate with a reduction with metoprolol alone or for other other reasons, such as putting them on a DILT drip um, and kind of ease of control with that. There may be some selection bias involved here because it was a very small sample size and also was just a retrospective study. Um, as far as looking at the number of doses given for each medication, uh, the metoprolol group received more doses um, overall. And um, they had some difficulty, you know, obviously in uh, generalizing these findings just because they excluded uh, patients that have a heart failure exacerbation. Um, I think that's a, you know, a tough part of evaluating this, uh, this clinical disease pattern is that uh, the management uh, and comfort level with providers treating AFib, um, you know, whether it seems to be the primary uh, problem for the patient or secondary to something else, whether it be infection or volume status, um, makes it a little bit more difficult for you to choose an, an agent. And, and removing patients that are in active exacerbation takes away, you know, frequently many of the patients we see in the emergency department. Um, additionally, uh, you know, it is worth noting that DILP has the potential to be unsafe. Um, I discussed that there was hypotension in the group, um, specifically those that had HEF-REF had higher rates. Um, overall, though, very few of these patients required vasopressors. Um, many of the patients overall ended up on DILT drips, um, you know, that, that was not particularly commented on by the authors, um, but was probably potentially due to ease of access. Um, and it was all, 
noted in this study as long as it was started greater than 30 minutes from the time of the initial IV push. Um, so some com other comments on this study and kind of directions from here. Uh, obviously a little bit difficult with the retrospective nature. Um, I also worry about the higher percent of average EF overall in these patients. Um, there was a big heart failure preserved ejection fraction represented with the average EF of all patients represented at 48%, um, whereas sometimes we see a very sick patient population down in the 10 or 15 or 20% range. Um, I'd also be interested to see if there was a dose, you know, dose dependent and, and varied based on the baseline EF. Um, and additionally, looking at patients that received, you know, extrapolating more metoprolol or more diltiazem. Um, additionally, you know, things to consider are ease of access and repeat dosing. Metoprolol can have some higher demand as, you know, many people use five milligrams and then repeat it every five minutes for three doses versus dilt can sometimes be easy to just give them a, you know, plus minus a bolus and park them on a, a drip. Um, so it's an Interesting would be to look at, you know, provider ease of use and satisfaction as well. Um, another thing is that this is a retrospective study. The clear next step um, and think something that could be very useful would be to perform an RCT um, and better both match the size of the groups, increase the size so that we could um, be able to hopefully make some more claims and find some clinically significant data. Um, and then from there, uh, we could continue to uh, broaden our scope and, and continue to investigate this uh, very common disease pattern. Thank you very much for your time. Forward to working with you on the other side.